Are we good now? Okay. All right. Let's start over. What, what do you say? You know, you know, that's something, you know, as you serve the Lord and you mess up, guess what? You get to repent and confess your sin and he lets you start over all afresh. Isn't that wonderful? Just like it never happened before. Right. So, so we're going to just, so we're just going to start over like whatever happened before didn't even happen. All right. Just start over. So hello, everybody. Welcome. Happy New Year. It's still 2021, right? So 2021 and glad 2020 is gone and, and uh, we're trusting for good things here as we move into the, into the new year. Now in this first message of this new year for 2021, I feel like the Lord wants me to uh, speak about the importance of keeping him first. You know, we need to keep God first. And, uh, and, and, and I want this message, I feel like the Lord wants this message to serve as just a, a caution to all of us about uh, the sin of idolatry. Um, you know, it, it's so easy to let things, you know, what is idolatry? It's letting, letting something become more important to you than the Lord. And, and it's so easy to let that happen. And so I, I feel like that's what the Lord just wants me to give us all, a, just a gentle warning that just to be watchful that we, we always keep Him first and don't let other things, you know, become more important to us than Him. And, you know, if you look at the Ten Commandments, if you, if you look at the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20, let's go over there. And that's, that's you know, they're listed there. And notice the, the first commandment, the first commandment in Exodus 20 and verse 3, the Lord says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. So what is this first commandment telling us? It's telling us to keep God first. And that we should have no other gods before me. And see, when you, when, when anything becomes more important to you than the Lord, that becomes a, a God to you. And, and, and it causes all kinds of problems for you. And so that's why we all need to remember that we must keep God first and have no other gods before Him. And then if you go right into the second commandment, He talks about idolatry and warns against it. And in verse four, he says, you shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. You need to realize that about the Lord. He, the Bible says he's a jealous God. He, he, he wants all of our worship, all of our praise, all of our adoration. And, you know, he's worthy of it, isn't he? And he should get it. He should get it. And when he doesn't get it, the Bible's clear. He's jealous. He, he just is. And that's what the Bible says. He said that about himself. So, uh, so, so the first commandment is to have no other gods before him. And then the second commandment warns against idolatry. You know, that we shouldn't make carved images or anything like, like that, whatever it may be, and, and worship it. Uh, you know, at all and put it ahead of, ahead of the Lord, you know. And, uh, you know, it's interesting while Moses was up on the mountain, mountain getting these Ten Commandments. It's, it's interesting. While Moses was up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, idolatry, the very thing God was warning about here in these first two commandments, idolatry was going on in the camp below. And Aaron, who was Moses' brother... And the spiritual leader of God's people in Moses' absence, because Moses was up on the mountain, it's interesting, at the bequest of the people, 
Aaron made a golden calf. Think about it. Aaron, he took the jewelry from the people, you know, the earrings and whatnot, and he put it in the fire and he molded a golden calf. Now, later when Moses questioned him, he, he said, well, we just threw the gold in and it, this calf came out, you know. So he needed to read down in the list a little bit further on the Ten Commandments about lying, you know. But that's what he told Moses later. But, but, but actually what happened, Aaron molded this golden calf at the bequest of the people or at the request of the people. And he allowed the people to worship it, giving it credit, giving this golden calf credit for their recent deliverance from Egyptian bondage. Can you imagine that? God just brought them out with a mighty hand. And within just a short time, they've made this golden calf. And now they're bowing down to it and worshiping it. Isn't that something? Something, isn't it? And it's interesting, Moses, a good spiritual leader, came down from the mount, mountain and he put a stop to the people's idolatry, which is what a good spiritual leader will do. It's interesting, uh, Aaron was not a very good spiritual leader. And he allowed the people to get into idolatry. But see, when there's good spiritual leadership, it will prevent idolatry. And that's, I trust what I'm doing here this morning is just as I'm going out on social media and sharing with you all, just trust, trust that I'm a good spiritual leader and uh, just warning everybody, hey, let's, let's, let's be cautious about putting anything ahead of God. And uh, now people will come in right there and say, well, that was the Old Testament, Pastor Terry. That's the Ten Commandments. That's the Old, Old Testament law. Well, it's interesting. If you go to 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, in verse 21, the Apostle John warns the New Testament church about the sin of idolatry. So you see, you don't just have idolatry in the Old Testament. You, it's all through the New Testament and warnings, warnings, warnings from God against it. Not only in the Old Testament, but also in the New. And here in, in uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, in the Amplified Classic Version, uh, uh, notice what, what he says to the church. He says, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Now that's a warning to you and me, a warning to the church. So not only do we have the warning in the Ten Commandments of the Old Testament, but here we have this commandment given us here in the New Covenant, in the New Testament. Okay, so it hasn't changed at all. He says, keep yourselves from idols. Now, I like the way the Amplified Bible amplifies this. It says, keep yourselves from idols, from false gods, from false gods, from anything and everything that would occupy the place in your heart due to God. From any sort of substitute for him that would take first place in your life. See, the Amplified Bible amplifies that out. Now I want to read it again. Little children, keep yourselves from idols, from false gods. From anything and everything that would occupy the place in your heart, which is due to God. From any sort of substitute for him that would take first place in your life. Well, this is a very good warning. Something we all need to be aware of and pay heed to. Because, friends, it's so easy. 
It's so easy to let uh, idols come into our lives. It's just so easy to do. It's so easy to do. And, and, and let me just show that to you in Galatians, the fifth chapter. In Galatians, the fifth chapter, the reason that's easy to do, to let idols come into our lives, is because it's a work of the flesh. It's something that our flesh uh, tends to want to do. You need to understand that about yourself. If you understand that about yourself, it'll, it'll be helpful. It, it, idolatry is something that our flesh... See, when we, as sinners, when we repent of our sins and receive Jesus, we get born again and our spirits are changed, but we still have flesh to deal with. The Apostle Paul said that in his flesh, he said he knew that, knew, that no good thing dwelt in his flesh. And he also said that he had to keep his flesh under control. Okay, so you need to realize this about yourself, that your flesh, your, your, the, 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 you know what I mean when I say the flesh, the, 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 the part that didn't get changed in the new birth, yes. it has a tendency to want to put things ahead of God. Idolatry. You need to understand that about yourself. Galatians 5 verse 19 says the, work of the, the works of the flesh are evident, which are... Now, now, you know, we always read adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, you know, those sexual sins. And then usually, you know, a lot of preachers will stop right there. But we need to re read on after the sexual sins right there with the sexual sins. What is what is verse 20? Uh, the first word of verse 20 lists what? Huh? Idolatry. 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 Did you know, actually, in the Bible... You know, we think of idolatry as putting things ahead of God, and that is correct. But in the Bible, when, and here's something you have to realize. In the Bible, the way God sees it, when, when His people get into idolatry and put things ahead of Him, He sees it, God sees it as spiritual adultery. You need to realize that. A lot of people don't realize that. You know, if I had another woman and I put that woman ahead of my wife, do you think that'd make my wife happy? She, that would be, <laughs> be adultery, wouldn't it? Well, see, God sees that the same way. Whenever we put things ahead of him, you know, he, the way he takes it, the way he sees it, doesn't the Bible say he's a jealous God? We talked about that. And uh, would you be jealous if I put another woman ahead of you, hon? Okay, so she shook her head yes, and I'd get in all kinds of trouble, right? And I should, but rightly so. But when, when, when we put things ahead of the Lord, God is a jealous God, and, uh, and He sees it as spiritual adultery. Right, we need to understand that. And, uh, and then the list goes on, and it, right with, with the sexual sins, you have idolatry in there, and then sorcery, which, witchcraft, think about that, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. I mean, we need to realize that our flesh tends to want to do all these things, so we have to keep our flesh under control, alright? And, uh, even the Apostle Paul, as I already mentioned, had, he had struggled, struggled, he struggled in, in this area. We all do. We all do. And he said he had to keep his body. Remember where he said, I keep my body under, I keep my flesh under control. Remember where he said that? First, I think it's 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, one of those places. And so it's something we all have to do because our, our flesh tends toward wanting to do these things. And it's interesting, if you read on here, he says, uh, 
and he, he lists these, these sins of the flesh and he says, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice, now watch this, this is very sobering now. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he's writing to Christians here. So it's very sobering, isn't it? So we're going to have to keep our flesh under control and we must not be idolaters. We must do what the Apostle John said. We must keep ourselves from idolatry. Don't let anything creep in there and become more important to you than God. And then it's interesting, you say, well, that's just one verse in the New Testament. Well, I've already given you two, actually. First John, Galatians. Now let's go to Ephesians 5, verse 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5. Watch this. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, so there's the sexual stuff, nor what, nor what, nor covetous person, nor covetous person. See that, what is covetous? It's, as you study into this word, it means having a lustful desire for, for that which belongs to somebody else. It also means being greedy. Just greedy in general or wanting what other people have. See, that's listed right there uh, with sexual sins. All right. But watch this covetous man says, you know, that no fornicator, unclean person or covetous man. Watch this. Who is an idolater? We're talking about about idolatry here this morning, which is an idolater. See, if you're covetous, I'm just teaching this as a, a general warning to everybody. If you're covetous. If you're lustful for what other people have, you get greed about you, covetous. The Bible says you're an idolater. See, a lot of times we think about idolatry as, you know, making a statue, you know, and setting the statue down and bowing down to the statue. And I don't think anybody, in, I know nobody in here that I know, and I don't think anybody on social media, hopefully, that you'd make a statue and bow down to it. But yet we'll do, see, see, a lot of times we get into idolatry, we don't even realize it. Just by being, just by being covetous, just by having an insatiable desire for things that we can't get our hands on. The Bible says we're, we're an idolater. And then very sobering, it says that people who do these things have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Isn't that sobering? Is very sobering. So we have to be very, very watchful, very, very careful that we don't let other things creep in and become more important to us than the Lord. And again, you know, a lot of times you start talking about idolatry. People think they, they think about making a statue and bowing down to it. Hey, there's a whole lot of ways that we can be idolaters without making a statue and bowing down to a statue. Like I said, nobody that I've really ever met that I'm aware of, certainly not in the church setting, would make a statue and bow down to it. You know, now I know in the Catholic Church, God love them, they, they, there's some things there that go on with statues and things that should not ought to be. Can you say amen to that? Really, that's a form of idolatry. It really is. It should not ought to be. But, but not, notwithstanding that, I, I don't know anybody in here that you'd make a statue and bow down to it. But yet, if all of us, if we're not careful, there's other things that can creep in and, and become more important to us than the Lord. Now, now, if you go to Romans, the first chapter and the uh, 20th verse, this, this idolatry thing has been a problem ever since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. All the way down through the last, you know, 6,000 years of human history, 
People have struggled with this. Romans, the first chapter, 20, 20th verse, says this, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Be- excuse me, because although they knew God or they knew about God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. This is talking about you know, after man fell in the Garden of Eden all the way down for the last, you know, at the time of this writing, it had been 4,000 years, not 6,000 years, because this was written about 2,000 years ago. It says their foolish hearts were darkened, professing to be wise, they became fools. Verse 23, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image, look at this, an image made like corruptible man and, and like birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God... All, it's saying here that, that people started worshiping these things. It's sad, isn't it? Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worked, and watch this, and worshiped and served the creature or the creation rather than the creator who is blessed forever. You know, uh, you got to be watchful about you know, not worshiping the creation. You know, there's people that worship the sun. You know, there's people that worship the moon. You know, there's people that, that they're into astrology and they worship the stars. Did you know that? I remember when we were meeting up at the school many years ago, up at, 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 at the high school up the road where we met for four years before we uh, built this building here. I remember when we started up there, we didn't have a very good sound system and uh, we wanted to use the school sound system and they wouldn't let us. And so uh, as time went on, we eventually bought a better sound system than what the school had. And they had an event coming up and they wanted to use our sound system. <laughs> so they wouldn't let us use ours. So I was tempted. I wanted to get over in the flesh just a little bit there, you know, and say, well, you can't use ours. But no, I, I said you can use ours. But we were at a meeting. And uh, at that meeting, uh, it, what it was, it was a baccalaureate service. And they wanted to use our sound system. And I remember one of the uh, one of the, the uh, pastors that was there from, you know, they had many different churches there being represented and they wanted to use our sound system. And the pastor, and this one pastor, I don't even remember. I don't know, remember who he was or what church he was from or whatever. But he said that we needed to make a, a place in the service for people to worship uh, their sun god or to worship a tree or this. And I said, wait, 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 wait. I said, hold on. Just hold on just a minute. I said, I said, you can use our sound system as long as we're worshiping God the Father, God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost, okay? But you start worshiping anybody other than the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you can't use our sound system. Well, they straightened up and they threw all that out and they, they, cause they wanted to use our sound system. I'm not gonna let anything that I have any power over worship anyone other than Almighty God. Can you say amen to that? We're not worshiping the trees. We're not worshiping the, 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 you know, when I say the sun, I'm not talking about the sun of God. I'm talking about the S-U-N that burns in the sky. We don't worship the sun. We don't worship the moon. We worship the one who made those things. His name is Jesus. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Absolutely. The Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. That's who we worship. But you see, it's so easy to get over into idolatry. It, you know, and there's a modern day example of it where somebody wanted to use our sound system to worship a tree God. We're not going to do that. I said, we're not going to do that. But you see, 
Why is that? Because the flesh tends to want to set things up as idols. You need to realize that about yourself. You see, um, idolatry is seen now, now. It's seen throughout the Old Testament. Actually, you start reading the Old Testament. It's all through the Old Testament. It really is. It's best observed. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but you ought to read Ezekiel, the eighth chapter sometime. Ezekiel, the eighth chapter. God takes the prophet Ezekiel. Actually, he has a vision. Uh, Ezekiel has a vision and God, because he's over in Babylon, you know, and God grabs him by the hair and in a vision takes him back to Jerusalem and he shows Ezekiel all the idolatry that's going on among God's people in Jerusalem. It's amazing as you read that, it'd be worth reading it. Uh, they had be- the people of God now. They were worshiping, uh, they were worshiping beasts. And they were worshiping uh, uh, the sun and, and, and some, some uh, uh, terrible false gods they were worshiping. And, 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 you know, as you read Ezekiel, the eighth chapter, you'll see that when when God's people get over into when they get over into uh, idolatry, it draws the judgment of God. I said it draws the judgment of God. And I didn't cover this earlier, but actually if you go back and look at that incident there when Moses was on the mountain and and they had that golden calf. Remember that? We talked about that just a little while ago. If you go back and read that story very carefully. Now, of course, Moses came down and he destroyed that idol. Did he not? And if I'm not mistaken, I think he put it, he, 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 he burned it or something or other. And he put the ashes or, or whatever in the water and made the people drink it. But the, if I'm not mistaken, and then also after that, the Bible says there was a plague that came on the people. You see, when we get into idolatry, it'll draw the judgment of God. That's why we have to be careful. And that's what happened there in Ezekiel, the eighth chapter. You can see that the people got over it, the people of God now. And God took Ezekiel and took him back to, to, to Jerusalem and showed him what was going on. And it was it was some, some bad stuff and it drew the judgment of God. And, and as a result, the, the people of God ultimately went into Babylonian captivity that, that it already had begun. But 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 uh, it, it, it continued and eventually the people of God wound up in bondage because they wouldn't keep God first. I don't. That's why I'm teaching this today. I don't want anybody to wind up in bondage. We need to keep God first. And if we'll keep God first, we'll stay out of bondage. Can you say amen to that? Absolutely. And, and, you know, uh, and here's something else it, 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 you need to be watchful of. You know, we're talking about carved images. <laughs> and of course, I don't think anybody bow down to, the, to carved images. We're talking about the sun or the moon. I don't think anybody that I know, in, at least in here, would do that. Uh, but, you know, here's one we got to be real careful of. Not putting other human beings ahead of God. Did you hear me? Not putting other human beings ahead of God. No matter who they are. No matter what their title is. No matter what their position is. No matter how powerful they are. No matter what their abilities or accomplishments. We must not put human beings, other human beings ahead of the Lord. Now, my wife and I, in pastoring for 26 years, we've watched and we've seen people over the many years. And actually, even before we started the church, uh, we were around the ministry for several years before we started this church. And we'd watch people. And uh, and there's so many of them. It is amazing. 
to see what, how, how people would put other things ahead of the Lord. And mainly other, other people. Uh, actually, uh, before I talk about people, I've already said some things about animals, but, but let me say this. You know there's some people who put their pets ahead of the Lord. Did you know that? Now, how many of you know you ought to love your pets? You ought to take good care of your pets. But how many of you know you ought to put, put God ahead of your pets? Is that right? But my wife and I, we've seen folks over the many years, it's clear they love their pets more than they love the Lord. And then we've watched people more so put other people ahead of the Lord. We've, we, we've watched people, how, how many of you know you ought to love your children? Absolutely ought to love your children. But you ought to love God more than your children. But we've watched people put their children ahead of the Lord. We've watched their people put their grandchildren ahead of the Lord. You ought to love your children and your grandchildren, but you ought to love the Lord more. You know, Jesus said one time, and I'll just paraphrase it. He said that, that uh, if anyone comes to me talking about him, Jesus was talking about himself. If anyone comes to me and hate not his father, mother, and so forth, he's not worthy of me. Do you remember Jesus saying that? Now, as you study into that, he doesn't mean that we ought to hate our, our mother and our father or family members. What he meant is, is by comparison. In other words, if you were to compare the love that you have for your family versus the love that you have for the Lord, you should love the Lord so much more that in comparison, it looks like you hate your family. Did you get what I just said there? That's how much more we ought to love God than other human beings. Now, we ought to love our family. Jesus wasn't saying we shouldn't love our family. He was saying by comparison, we ought to love God so much more than we love anybody else. Can you say amen to that? And, 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 but, 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 but my wife and I, we watch folks over the years. We, we watch people, we watch, you know, it's so, and, and here's something else, uh, too. Uh, and, and I made this mistake. Uh, when, when I was uh, courting Diane, you know, I was much younger and I was courting Diane. I wouldn't make this same mistake now, I'm much older. But when I was courting her, there was, a, there was some time in there where she became more important to me than the Lord. And, and I was, and you see this a lot of time with young, young fellas, you know, they'll get, they'll, 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 especially you're young and the hormones are running and all of that, you know, running high and you, you fall in love for the first time and all of that is real easy to let that love that you have for that girl, you know, become more important to you than the Lord. And, and I made a mistake in there, that area and I had to repent and get my priorities right. And it was causing trouble in our relationship because, see, she's a godly woman. She didn't want a man that loved her more than God. She wanted a man that loved God more than her. You see what I'm saying? And that's a good thing, you see. And so I had to get my priorities right, get my priorities straight. But you see this again and again where people will put other people up ahead of God. And uh, we ought to love people. We ought to, we ought to, you know, there's a difference between honoring people and making, making idols out of people. We ought to honor people. We ought to love people, certainly. But we ought to honor and love God more. That's all I'm saying here. And I'm just, and I'm just teaching this, uh, uh, you know, just to give all of us a gentle warning not, not to put people on pedestals. You know as well as I do, and, and, and here's something else I had to work on in my life, is, is sports figures. And you see this all the time. You see, especially youngsters a lot of times, they'll put sports figures up on a, on a pedestal and, and they'll idolize them and uh, make gods out of them. 
You know, uh, that's why I never say so-and-so is my idol. Have you ever heard somebody say so-and-so is my idol? You know, some sports figure or whatever. Yeah, I, I won't say that. I don't think we should say that. We shouldn't have any idols. Is that right? But, but you'll hear people say, and a lot of times people say it, they don't even realize what they're saying. They'll say, well, such and such, such sports star is my idol, you know, and I idolize them. Well, well, well we, sh- we, we make a mistake there, you know. You know, we, we can think highly of somebody, all right, and esteem them, a sports figure or whatever. But, uh, but we need to be, be careful that we don't put them on a pedestal and put them up ahead of God, you see. Because when we do, we get over into idolatry and it causes all sorts of problems. You follow what I'm saying? So it's just real easy to make a God out of a, a, of, of a person and, and set that person up so high that, that, that they're just even up ahead of the Lord. You don't want to do that. You know, let's keep Jesus first. What do you say? Let's keep him first. You know, I think about King Solomon. You ever hear of King Solomon in the Old Testament? And, and, you know, other than the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the wisest man in the Bible. But did you know he became an idolater? See, a lot of people don't realize that about King Solomon. He, he wrote the Proverbs, you know, and, 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 and such wisdom, and God gave him such wisdom. And when he was younger, he had such pure motives and all of that, and he, and he got such great wisdom. But, uh, but in his older days, older years, he, the wisest man other than the Lord Jesus that's ever walked the earth, became one of the worst idolaters that there's ever been. A lot of people don't know that about King Solomon. Let me just, let me just say this to you. God had warned in Deuteronomy, the 17th chapter, God had warned about kings uh, uh, not multiplying wives and horses and silver and gold. God had warned about that. And you can read that Deuteronomy 17 sometime if you want. But uh, when we come over to 1 Kings chapter 10 and 11, 1 Kings, and you can just read that sometime. But 1 Kings chapters 10 and 11, after the warnings that God had given... Solomon didn't listen to any of those and he violated what God had said. And listen to this. In his old age, listen to this. Here's what Solomon did. He, 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 he multiplied to himself the wives and the horses and the silver and gold. He did just what God uh, said he shouldn't do. He got horses out of Egypt and God said, don't ever go back into Egypt and all of that. He did all these things. And listen to this. In his old age, Solomon's wives, Solomon's wives, you know, it was never the will of God for a man to have more than one wife. I've got one and, it, and, and she keeps me busy, okay? And, and I could teach a whole lesson on that. In the Garden of Eden, you have Adam and Eve. And then you come over to the New Testament. You see that the, the, leaders of the, the spiritual leaders should be the a husband of one wife and all of that. And, and you look in the Old Testament, you see where, like Solomon, he had so many wives and concubines, he got so messed up. No, we need to have one wife, one husband. Can you say amen? But anyway, without getting off on that, in his old age, his wives, Solomon's wives, talking about idolatry here, turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord. And Solomon worshipped Ashtaroth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the god of the Ammonites. Think about that. And on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a pagan shrine for Chemosh, the god of Moab, and another for Molech. What would you think if I brought in uh, and put bricks up here and built an altar to 
to Shemosh or Molech or, or, or how about if I brought in and, 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 and we're going to start worshiping uh, uh, Muhammad or Allah? What would, what would you think about that? I mean, you'd have to leave, wouldn't you? You'd first have to pray for me to repent. And then if I don't repent, you'd have to leave. You'd have no choice. You know, so we think about Solomon all those thousands of years ago. What if I came in here and, and, and put, put something up there, you know, a statue of, of, of Mohammed or, or Buddha? Or what if I brought a Buddha in here, a little fat Buddha, and set up there and we're going to worship that? I mean, you ought to be up in arms. Is that right? But that's what Solomon did in his old age. His wives turned his heart. God warned him, you know, you got to be careful that you don't marry wrong. You need to seek the Lord, find out who he wants you to be married to and marry that person. You get the wrong person, they can turn your heart away from the Lord. I've seen it hundreds of times. Oh, yeah, I get married to him. They'll change. No, they won't. They'll pull you down. You won't be able to pull them up. 100% every single time. I've never seen an exception to it. Not one. You, you hear what I'm saying? So you got to marry right, or, or if you don't, it, it, that person you marry can turn your heart from the Lord. That's what happened to Solomon. And he's building all these shrines to these false gods. And, and, and he built shrines for all, his, for all his foreign wives, and he burned incense to these false gods. And the Bible says the Lord was angry with Solomon, for his heart had turned away from the Lord. And, and, and God warned Solomon specifically about not... Uh, worshiping other gods or idols, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command and watch what happened. So the Lord said to him, since you've not kept my covenant and, and have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. It cost him, didn't it? it cost, idolatry will cost us. It really will. I said it really will. And you know, Solomon... Uh, good news, though, is if you read the book of Ecclesiastes, because he wrote that right at the end, the, right at the end of, of the book of Ecclesiastes, it looks like Solomon repented. Well, thank God he repented and if we get off track. We can repent. Isn't that wonderful? But uh, again, while we may not make or bow down to a statue or carve image, we must be constantly on guard that we let nothing come between us and God. And again, as soon as it does, that thing becomes an idol. Now, now, think about this. Remember the Israelites, we talked about Moses up on the mountain and they were down worshiping the golden calf. But did you know it wasn't just the golden calf that was the problem down there? There were some other stuffs that, other stuff that had become, uh, 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 where they got into idolatry down there. It wasn't just the golden calf. If you look at 1 Corinthians 10 verse 7, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 7, Notice what the Bible says. It says, and do not become idolaters as some of them were. This is talking about the Israelites when they were worshiping the golden calf. And so everybody thinks that, you know, it was just the golden calf. But, but look at this. Do not become idolaters of, as some of them. Now, it was the golden calf, all right, but, but notice what else was going on. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now, there's nothing wrong with sitting down to eat and drink or, or having recreation in your life. But, but what had happened here is this, this, this has to do with revelry and, and sport. And, and these things had become gods unto them. They had exalted these things ahead of the Lord. You know, uh, we need to be careful about our pastime. 
What we do in our pastime, our hobbies, sports, you know, we, we've talked about not letting our animals be more important to us. We talked about not letting people become more important to us but, uh, than God. But, you know, you've got to be watchful about how you spend your pastime. Because uh, that's what this scripture is making reference to, is what the Israelites were doing in their pastime. It, it had become an idol to them. It had become a God to them. Uh, you know, we've got to be very careful. We've got to be very watchful that our, that our job doesn't become more important to us than the Lord. You know, I've watched that over the years. People, their jobs, how many of you know we have to work? And, and we, if we don't work, we don't eat. And we need to work. But we must not let our job become more important to us than the Lord. You know, I've watched that. I've watched sports. I've watched sports become more important to uh, 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 people than the Lord. You know, uh, if you didn't realize this, I'll tell you that the United States has become a land of idolatry. Did you know that? It really is. It really is. We even had a TV show years ago. They called it the American Idol. Remember that? And, uh, you know, I'll just say this. One of the hardest lessons I've ever had to learn as a pastor, one of the hardest lessons I ever had to learn as a pastor, it just freaked me out. I still haven't totally recovered. <laughs> but one of the hardest lessons I had to learn as a pastor is that many of God's children, I didn't say all, but I said many of God's children love many things more than they love him. And they get mad at me when God directs me to point that out. I remember most notably years ago, you've heard me mention this, but it bears repetition, when the Rams, remember the Rams, were running to the Super Bowl. How many remembers that? And, and, and you know what? Uh, I, 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 I was for the Rams. I was rooting for the Rams. You know, but I could see the Christians, not only in our church, but throughout the city, had made a God out of that. And, and, and we're more excited about the Rams run to the Super Bowl than they were about the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how many of you know there's nothing wrong with being excited about the Rams? There's nothing wrong with being, being happy about that and being involved with that and cheering them on. But, but we ought to be cheering Jesus more than the Rams. I'm using this example because it's such a good example. I've used it before, but it bears repetition. It's, it's a good example. And, 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 and I tried to talk to the, to the different ones privately and, and say, you know, hey, let's be excited about the Rams, but they shouldn't be more important to us than our, than our, than our church service and, the, and, and all of that. And, and when we come to church, nothing wrong with talking about the Rams, but we ought to be talking about Jesus more than the Rams at church. Is that right? Absolutely. And so finally, I, in prayer, the Lord said to me, he said, uh, go up in the pulpit and tell the people that a lamb died on Calvary, not a ram. Well, when I did that and when I said that, it sucked all the air sucked right out of the room. And I, I, I think I f knew how Jesus felt when he went into Nazareth and preached and they wanted to take him out to the brow of the hill and throw him off. I felt like I wasn't going to get out of the, this building alive that day. See, what well, I tell you, you start you start messing with people's idols. They'll get very upset. And the Lord had me say, tell the people lamb died on Calvary, not a ram. And I did. And uh, there's some people actually got mad left. Isn't that, isn't, isn't that something? But see, a good spiritual leader will do like what I'm doing here today. Just give you a gentle warning. Now, that was a little more, <laughs> that was a little more uh, bold, but I had tried the gentle stuff and it wasn't working. So it was a little more bold. We got to be careful. We got to be watchful. But then all the years came and went. And the Rams eventually left St. Louis. 
And then I was able to stand in the pulpit and rib everybody just a little bit and say, well, see, you know, uh, uh, the rams left, but the lamb said he'd never leave you nor forsake you, you know. Glory to God, see. See, that's why it's better off to stick with, with the lamb of God, stick with Jesus, you see. Because he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Let me tell you what, an idol will eventually leave you, an idol will eventually forsake you, but Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. That's why you need to stick with him. Amen. You understand that? Absolutely the truth. Absolutely the truth. And so, and you know, I, I, I've watched in this land, I've watched uh, uh, before 2020 came. And it, it's something that concerned me. Something that really concerned me as I watched this for several years before 2020 came. I watched that on Sunday mornings. How many of you know Sunday is no different than Saturday, right? I mean, Sunday used to be shut down in honor of the Lord. Is that right? But now Sundays are no different than Saturdays. And I watched for years coming up on, uh, before we got to 2020, uh, you, what, what you would see is they start up sports on Sunday mornings for the little kids. Now, I'm not against sports for little kids. I was in sports as a little kid. I'm all for it. But I don't think that Sunday mornings is a place for sports for little kids. I think the church should be where little kids are on Sunday mornings. Did you understand what I just said? And, and, and so uh, I had said some things about that over the years and, and, and people <laughs> didn't, didn't like that either. But you know what? As I look back in this last year, I see that uh, on Sunday mornings, pretty much all that sport shut down, didn't it? Now, I'm not saying God sent COVID. I'm not saying he did. But I tell you what, it has been a time this last year, 2020, it has been a time for reflection, hasn't it? If nothing else. It's been a time for reflection. And, uh, and my heart breaks for all the people who's, who've lost their lives to COVID and their families. I tell you what, on top of that, though, it's been a time for the church, I think, to reflect. And let's get our priorities right. And, uh, and, and, and as this vaccine comes out, and the COVID, you know, we trust, you know, diminishes and all of that. You know, what I'm waiting to see, because I have a hat at my house, it's got an O on it. You know what the O stands for? It stands for observer. I'm an observer. And I've got, I got my O hat on, so to speak, my observer hat. And I want to see that once things get back to normal, if they do, I want to see, is the church going to go back to Sunday morning uh, sports for the, for the children? Or are we going to bring the children to the church? To the church? Because let me tell you what, just because we've come into a new year of 2021 doesn't mean that uh, magically everything is going to just all be wonderful and hunky-dory. I just need to tell you that. Uh, you need to realize, and I've said this for several years now, and this is what the Lord has, has wanted me to say, uh, that, that in, in, until uh, abortion, first of all, until God is welcome back in the public school and public square in this nation, until abortion, Roe versus Wade is, 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 is overruled and done away with, until this same-sex marriage thing is put back in line with the Word of God, things are not going to go well for the United States of America. And in this year of 2020, I feel like the Lord was looking for national repentance, and I still feel that he is. And you know what? The sad thing is, I haven't seen it. I have not seen national repentance. And until there is national repentance in this land, things aren't going to go well for the United States of America. Period. Game, set, match. Let's move on. Let me finish this. Now, notice here, I want to just go on for a few more minutes here. Do you know you can make a God out of anything? Did you know that? 
Now, now, and just I was going to look these scriptures up. You can look up Second uh, Kings eighteen four. Second Kings eighteen four. You remember when uh, th- those serpents came into the camp of the people of God and they were biting everybody? How many remembers that? And remember, God told Moses to take a to take the, to make a bronze serpent, and put it on the pole. How many remembers that? And everybody that would gaze upon it intently would not die of the snake bite. Do you remember that? Now, now that that bronze serpent which was a, a symbol of deliverance. Do you know what the people in the process of time did with that? You can see it in uh, 2 Kings 18.4. They made a god out of that. They gave it a name. They called it Nehushtan, and they bowed down and worshipped it. Isn't that something? You can make a god out of anything. And eventually Hezekiah, the, the good king, rose up, and he destroyed that. See, a good spiritual leader will come up and destroy idolatry. But you can make a god out of anything. I've watched people, I believe in faith. You can't get saved without faith. You can't receive from God without faith. But I've watched people make a God out of faith. Instead of the God is the, sub, is the subject of our faith, who is, is the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? But I've watched people make a God out of faith. I've watched people make a God out of prayer. How many of you know we ought to pray? We should pray. But you can make, I've watched people, they make a God out of prayer. And prayer becomes more important to them than God himself, the one we're praying to. And I could go on and list one thing, a church service, church attendance. I've watched pastors over the years. They, they, they make a God out of church attendance. And if their people aren't at every single service, you know, they beat them over the head. Well, what have you done? You've made a God out of church attendance. How many of you know we ought to attend church? We ought to be part of a good local church and be there regularly. Is that right? But you can make a God out, you can make a God out of anything. You can make a God out of that brass serpent, you know, that Moses hung up on the pole. We, we, we must not do that. We must not do that. And, and as I close this, I want to tell you, idols will not stand. You need to remember that idols will not stand. Remember when they took the ark, and I was going to look this up, but the sake of time here, I'll just paraphrase it for you. But you can read it in 1 Samuel, the fifth chapter. Remember when uh, the ark of God had come among the Philistines, and they took the ark and they set it in next to that Dagon, that statue of Dagon, that, that Philistine god. Remember that? And they came in the next day and the statue was fall, fallen over. How many remembers that? And, and, and so then they set it back up and they came in the next day and that idol had fallen and, I don't know, the head broke off and the limbs had broke off. How many remembers that? You remember that? Let me just, why did I quote that? Because I, I want you to know that idols will not stand. I said they will not stand. Idols will not stand. So there's no reason to worship them. There's no reason to bow down to them. Idols won't stand. Let's worship the Lord because he'll always stand. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then Psalm 20 verse, uh, Psalm 20 verse 7. Psalm 20 verse 7 says some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. Well, let's talk about idolaters here. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Amen. See, that's what I did in 2020. Uh, I didn't trust in chariots. I didn't trust in horses. I didn't trust in all these other things. I trusted in the Lord. And praise God, we came through 2020 and we're standing here. Glory to God, we made it. Amen. Amen. Why? Because we don't trust in chariots. We don't trust in horses. We don't trust in sports teams. We don't trust in other people. We don't trust in politicians. I said we trust in God. Amen. Amen. And so we're still standing here. Is that right? Praise God forevermore. He says, some trust in chariots, some in horses. We'll remember the name of the Lord our God. 
Because the Bible says they have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. See, the idols will fall down. They'll, they'll, they'll bow down. They'll fall. But we, if we'll trust in the Lord, we'll stand upright. Glory to God. And so the Bible says in Matthew 6, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the necessities of life will be added unto you. Let us always seek first the Father, the, the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Heavenly Father, His Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Let's always seek Him first, keep Him first, and all the necessities of life will be added unto you. And let's don't ever lose our first love like they did in, in the church of Ephesus there in the book of Revelation, the second chapter. The Bible says that they lost their first love, and, and, and you lose your first love, you move into idolatry. And so let's don't ever lose our first love. Let's Who is our first love? love. That's Jesus, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let's keep Jesus first. And if you have lost your first love, if if something has slipped in there and become more important to you than the Lord, to that church uh, of Ephesus there, the Lord told them, he said, he said, you've lost your first love, but then he said, repent and and, and get back to it. Get back to your first love. And Jesus is our first love. So if you're out there on social media, you're here in this room here, and you've you've let something else slip in your heart that's become more important to you than the Lord, hey, repent and let's get back to our first love. Let's get back to Jesus. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? Well, stand with me if you would. Hey, if you're out there on social media and you've never received Jesus as your savior, the Bible says there's a heaven to gain. There is a hell to shun. The only, only way to miss hell and make heaven is to repent of your sins and receive Jesus as your savior. Uh, Call on the name of the Lord. Call on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, and you'll be saved. So just say, Jesus, with a repentant, believing heart, say, Jesus, come into my life. If you'll do that, he'll come in there. He'll, he'll save you. You'll miss hell. You'll make heaven. And he'll make wor- life worth living in the meantime. And then never slip into idolatry. Always keep him as your first love. All right. Thanks. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.